Well, hello folks, and welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I'm a web designer. And we Lada Nats. Ow, my nipple. Ow, Ow. my shoulder blade. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. <laughs> we have a uh, El-, El Salvador <laughs> fan podcast who have been coming out behind us and doing all sorts of naughty things. <laughs> yeah, they, these guys these guys love the El Salvadorian Nats so much. Yes. They're willing to do truly anything. Nosotros la gente. (laughs) Folks, the game was USA versus El Salvador. It is the Gold Cup. We are now in the elimination round, the knockout rounds. This hath been the quarterfinal. Uh, Spoiler alert. It hath been. It hath been. Spoiler alert. We won, so we will be going forward. On today's ep, we will preview El Salvador. I mean, we will, pardon, we will review this game versus El Salvador, which was fucking nuts. <laughs> which was, was insane. Totally, like, <laughs> gorgeously insane. Beautiful. Oh, the beautiful, ugly game, CONCACAF, that, that CONCACAF has turned soccer into. Just nuts. This game was built for our podcast, I feel like. Or maybe our podcast was built for this game. I'm not sure. Uh, but then after that, uh, we will preview Costa Rica, which will be exciting as well. Shall we line them up? Line them up, boys. Line them up. Welcome. Guard your nips. Thanks for guarding your nips. There. Welcome. Thanks for joining us if you're new to the show. Uh, this is how we always started out. Boys, line up. Both gloves, Timmy Howard. Welcome back, Timmy Howard. That's a lot of beard. Uh, wondering, wondering if you could trim that in, but uh, you're going to get the start. For our center backs, we will have Matt Hedges and Omar Gonzalez. Omar Galaxy, as we like to call him Ooh, here boy. on WTP. Ooh, boy. Boyo. On the left buckle side... In. <laughs> buckle in. folks. <laughs> <laughs> on the left side, we're going to have uh, uh, Justin Morrow, our lookalike right. of... Uh, what's his face? Juan Agadello yeah. put into the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> and on the right back, we'll have Eric Lechage. Pardon, Eric Lehi. Uh, as our center midfielders, here we go, boys. We're getting some new additions uh, to the roster. We're going to have Michael Bradley and Darlington Nagby as our center midfielders. Nags. The Nags, who we've been enjoying seeing on the wing, started out this game in center midfield. On the left side, we had the traffic cone, Giassi Zardes. On the right, we had Pauli Ariola Nips, whose nickname is now in danger <laughs> of, being, <laughs> of being taken from him for a better cause, but for now, still Pauli Ariola Nips. And up front, we got to see Josie Altador, the Uno, and Clint Dempsey, the deuce. Folks, <sighs> this game was nutso. El Salvador really came out the, the, uh, the stronger team for the first 15 minutes. Um, USA found it, found it difficult to get compact enough to really maintain any possession at all. Uh, yeah. one, one, one mistake that would be indicative of a lot of moments of this game came early on. Three minutes in, Eric Lehi, uh, my notes says, fucks up. One word. Uh, he he kind of tried to do this back pass and just, I don't know, it had no weight on it, no no thought, no consideration of the impending doom, and Howard kind of bailed us all out. U.S. would start to find this game. Uh, concurrently, the ref would lose this game. Um, oh, God. Gave, in the 18th minute, the referee gave a yellow card to the wrong person. <laughs> so I think it's Matsia. Bad start. Bad start there, champ. Yeah, bad start, champ. Uh, Romero was was should have received this yellow. Two players on the El Salvadoran team who would make a name for themselves today were Romero and Pineda. Uh, this is where Romero started to really steal the show. Was when he somehow managed to avoid getting a yellow for for his offense, and and his teammate right, got right, it right. instead. It would later be rectified. No, he got he got the yellow. No, I he, think he he was the one who accidentally got the yellow, and he just took it. Because the other went? guy was going to get a I was suspension. Confused. I was hella which, confused. Which I appreciate. I mean, that's ride or die. Like, but then, you, it, you yeah, take no, that that's cool. Homie. I mean, these guys love but their gnats. These guys, they love, they love yeah, their they, gnats. they love the gnats and each other. So this, but then later on, he finally got a yellow card for like some inoffensive tackle that he put in, where the referee was probably 
Well, that realizing. was yeah, that was the eighty first for a yeah, shoulder like check on Dempsey. Mad late, he After finally he got a yellow that would have been the second two, yellow. Like two reds in this game, but uh, bef- before carry we, on, sorry. Yeah, so so the game really started to fall apart uh, right around then in the second part of the first half. Luckily, uh, the U.S. was able to nab a couple goals before halftime came. Omar Galaxy, our boy, had a had a little grazed header from a Bradley free kick coming in from the left side and put us ahead in the 40th minute. And then Dempsey, with a very cool touch, uh, uh, something, a true Dempsey special, this weird kind of... Indeed. Sticky touch, and, and, and then he slotted it forward to Eric Lehigh, who got his first goal ever through the legs of the keeper for the USMNT. Uh, pardon me, first goal ever for the USMNT through the legs of the El Salvadorian keeper, and the U.S. went into half two up. Flattering scoreline. U.S. did not look the better team that whole first yeah. half. Uh, so the second half, we saw no goals, but plenty of entertainment, folks. I'm going to point out a couple highlights, and then we'll start uh, chopping up this game. A couple of my favorite moments in the second half. Uh, Ariola, Ariola hitting some guy in the nuts on accidento. Uh, <laughs> yes. And Stu Holden has just a great broadcast moment where he goes, well, you see where the ice pack is. Because <laughs> you can't say, you can't say. <laughs> Stu Holden, Ariola hit him in the nuts. He was on fucking fire. He nailed it. Fabulous. Well, uh, we all see where the ice pack is. Okay. Well. The, my, my, <laughs> my other favorite uh, moment from, from this second <laughs> half, and it's not really unfair to say it's a favorite moment because it's like, it's like uh, the degradation of the game, like the total just disintegration of, of the game that we love. But society. <laughs> of society rules, at all. Rule, the rule of law. There's, <laughs> so there's, there's a purge night out there. <laughs> there's a corner <laughs> kick in the 56th minute. Uh, there's some jostling in the box, as is fucking normal in this game. What's not normal is Romero and Altador kind of <laughs> teeing up. Romero wraps his bear claws around Altador, right? They're probably the they're probably like seventy five pounds different, in you know what I mean. Right. Like, yeah, the dude exactly, can like exactly. barely get his arms all yeah. the way around Altador. Right, right, right. He's poking his head over his shoulder, like, he's like looking, a monkey riding an he's, elephant. He's looking at the center. He's looking at the center referee. He's looking at the sideline referee. Then he's back at the center referee, and then he goes in for what. What I can only interpret as a a double offense, he bites Josie Altador on the shoulder blade whilst nipple twisting him. This is I'm not <laughs> making this shit up. This fucking happened. Wait, was that simultaneous? I thought that was two separate corners. No, 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 no. Same. It was I in my read. In my read, what what I, I could maybe I got it wrong. Possible, I Either got way, it wrong. Both I of often those I happened. often get get. Uh, Get the sequences twisted, but both of these things, like twisted, Josie Altidore's nipple, I just can't keep it straight. <laughs> they, but but these both happened. I, I'm going to say, reach out to us on Twitter at WTP Pod if you notice that those two events were separate, and I'm just getting confused by was the it, uh, multiple replays. Was it? Yeah. Is it a is it a bend and snap? What what exactly <laughs> was the move? So uh, other other uh, other quick things that happened in this second half uh, worth noting was uh, Pineda almost scores twice. Had a couple good opportunities, uh, but just couldn't put them away. Uh, and then we also got to see a couple substitutions. We saw Jordan Morris in the 65th come in for Pauli Ariola Nips. Uh, nice game, Nips. And then we got to see uh, Kellen Acosta come in for the traffic on Giassi Zardes. Beautiful, epic prayer shot okay. from Kellen Acosta. Did you, did you catch that? Oh, that, yes, that I frame? caught the prayer. That was oh, fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Somebody make a poster out of that shit. Vaya con Dios, son. So that's that's it. That's the end of this. In the 81st, as we mentioned, Romero finally gets a fucking yellow for when he easily could have gotten <laughs> six reds. The dude was just yeah. on fire. Uh, this it team, was... this game fell apart completely. Was a total was a total mess. The entire the the entire game. Refs probably never going to work again. Uh, somehow El Salvador ends this game with eleven men, but down two goals. USA wins. Ty, uh, what did we learn here? What what can we take from this game? So I'll I'll start with the conventional soccer outcomes. Um, I thought we learned that this B team defense is horrible, horrible, and and Garbaggio. I think we maybe Garbaggio. needed one more game of of confirmation to see that after the the group stage. We thought, oh, you know, it's the group stage, maybe. Maybe they're just rusty or whatever. But these these guys have been playing together during <sighs> this tournament. Five games. And it, five this games. Is, 
Right, if you include the friendly, I if suppose. If you include yeah. the friendly. And in different iterations, but... The, I mean, in different iterations, granted, but the, the Hedges and Gonzalez pairing in particular, I mean, how many times are we going to give three, this a shot? Or two and a half or something. Honestly, because the, 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 they, they just don't seem to play well together. Like, neither of them seems to be able to be their best uh, and, with, with each other for some strange reason. I, I have no idea. And it wasn't Guzan's fault. It was we not. Had Timmy, and we it had w- Timmy this game, and there was still no organization. Right, right, right. Exactly. You had you had the alpha communicator back there, and still no organization. I, and I thought overall, uh, El Salvador let us off the hook. You know, I think I oh, think yeah, they had they a number of chances in the first half that they could have converted. Um, and and I thought that uh, Lehigh's goal, I guess uh, the Giassi Zarda's uh, goal, which was called offside, was was pretty legit. Um, yep. But the Lehigh yep. goal was really the the only like high quality scoring chance that we carved out i mean the, the the keeper had a couple good saves but i didn't feel like there was any any moments where we really should have put a goal away i thought the gonzalez goal was was pretty lucky and bad goalkeeping um so i think we we got a bit lucky here and we got particularly uh or our, our luck had particular bearing on the game in that since we were the ones who got the cheap set piece goal early um, and then we got that one legit goal that kind of threw everything off the rails from El Salvador, and they clearly were not able to control uh, the the attitude on the field or, or stay disciplined. Like we talked about um, um, Martinique, uh, Martinique, right? Where they they uh, where they came out, they went down, but once they went down, that only encouraged them to keep fighting, and they came back and drew that game uh, and, and equalized in that game twice. So, um, but most small teams, this is more of what happens where you, when you go up, there's a, a, uh, steady deterioration of the, uh, of the actual soccer effort. And there's a little bit more attention on the, the dark arts, um, and trying to, trying to get something by any means necessary. Um, and, you know, obviously the big, the big story of the game is how, is the refereeing and, and how everything fell apart. Um, but I, I have kind of an interesting feeling when it comes to all of this odd behavior um what's that which is a what's, little what's your feeling what's your feeling i have a i, I have you a got niggling, a mic uh, speak your mind i have a a niggling admiration for <laughs> this behavior somehow i don't oh, know i love this i don't I'm have so glad any way to justify that i was like I, afraid i feel that in my in i my feel it in soul. my being too a little bit I feel of admiration it in my being. and i was talking to my roommate about this who is who's who's a he's an american dude with uh concacaf heritage he's he's mexican slash puerto rican um and so so we were kind of talking about the game and and culturally and i was walking exp- gold cup i was he sure is yeah <laughs> he sure is so uh, we were we were uh talking about the game and and i was he didn't know that CONCACAF is known for this. And I realized in that conversation that that's, this is not a, actually a bad angle, uh, you know, PR-wise for the game in America, is to say we come from the roughest region uh, in the exactly. world to play exactly. this game. Yeah. If we yeah. come from the region where you leave the game with fucking, like, actual real cuts, like, genuine, like, entering that field is actually dangerous. It's not, this, right. is, this right. is not a joke. Like... You you can you will have your knees hacked at. You will have your shin hacked at. You are risking injury every time you play in our region, and that's horrible and embarrassing and disappointing because it's cheating on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's kind of badass. It's like it's like kind of like more of like a hockey approach to the game. Ah, very good. I like it. Well, and and I think we still have a while to go uh, as a region before we can catch up to Conmebol. Where recently, in one of the uh, uh, domestic, I think it was one of the cups, um, a, a defender came out with a uh, needle. He brought needles in his shin pads and started poking people with needles at corners. That is nuts. so. That's that's next level. That that's is some, nuts. you, you got to respect that. But uh, when it comes to when it comes to this more more standard behavior, oh yeah, and then in the Copa America a couple of years ago. Uh, there was a butt oh my god! Poke. I got another. St- I got another <laughs> Stu Holden. I got another Stu Holden. So yeah, Stu Holden. Speaking of Stu Holden was absolutely on fire. And he, he was said, on point, bro. He said he could not find the words to to more delicately say pinched his nipple. So he he paused for a good five seconds, like gave him a really hoping that something would come out, and no one interrupted him or anything. So he just had to proceed with with pinched his nipple. 
for lack of a better body part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense in U.S. broadcasting history to hold and take a bow, son. For lack of a better body part. Another gem, dude. Stu Holden might get a peep nomination at the end of this year for this game. He might, because he fucking. He was like, he was like, well, he said, well, I guess now Romero. I, I, he was like, I guess if... Take your time. Take your oh, time. Or, oh, fuck. I, I'm not going to get it right. I'm just going to say what... <laughs> I'm just going to say it and you guys will know what okay, I mean. Okay, all right, all right. Your okay. version, yeah. He goes, I guess Romero, I guess Romero can, uh, has, has at least some reason to compare himself to Suarez now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking awesome. <laughs> It's like, uh, and then so hilarious. To, to cap off, to cap off the hilarity, I saw on on Reddit this morning, um, Josie Altidore was interviewed, and he said that his girlfriend was pissed at him, and said, "I'm the only one who's allowed to bite you and pinch your nipples." <laughs> yes, dude, this is fucking TMI, Josie. TMI, Josie. TMI. Uh, <laughs> You can't say so, that. So, dude. Uh, so the, the so the lingering admiration. <laughs> speaking it's of horrific so, acts, it's, it's terrible, um, but it's awesome. This it it it, it drives at the uh, the line between the game and reality, right? Because certainly, if you, I mean, on any given corner kick, there's a lot of lot of pushing and kicking and elbowing and all sorts of things that aren't strictly legal. Uh, as is the case in in the NBA, as is the case in sure, sure. Uh, with with you know pine tar and things like that, and signal stealing in baseball. Um, and there's always this question about like where does baseball is you know, a, baseball within, is a within wonderful the, game for cheating. Great cheating stories yeah, perfect, in baseball. Perfect. Within the the lines of the field, are things allowed that otherwise would not be allowed? And it seems like the predominant first or initial opinion that I heard from the media was that this is despicable, unacceptable, etc. Sure, but sure. In my opinion, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more in that that gray area of, of gamesmanship, and I I, I do uh, admit a, a, a little bit of uh, of of appreciation of the effort and the the willingness to take that last you know two percent chance that that they might get something from the game because if they do throw Josie off and if the referee doesn't see it and if Josie retaliates and gets a red card. And if and if and if, ultimately, they did the the actions that gave them the best chance to actually win the game. So I think you have to respect that on some level, even though they're, they're going to do the time for it. You know, it'll be like I, a six-match ban or whatever. But they, the El Salvador, doesn't. they're not in World Cup qualifying. They're not going to play a significant game until the next Gold Cup. Yeah, um, this was it for them. This so, was their tournament. And they, and this they, was, yeah, this is they it. So why not take a tournament. shot? They made a good reputation for themselves. <laughs> and then they ruined it a little by accident. But, not. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you that, that in the game of, in, in any sport, you play to win. We have literally raised these human beings and told them you are valuable to society because you can win this game. Because you win soccer games so for your country. So what the fuck yeah. do you expect? It's like when a, when a football yeah. player is like a little aggressive outside of the game. It's like, well, dude, like this yeah. is this is how we condition this exactly. person. Like exactly. And and I think it's uh, I think you need both in the media. I think you. It's the difference between a teacher and a parent. Like you got this kid right. And you don't want your teachers telling the kid it's a it's okay to ha- you know to drink a little at home or, or to have a beer right, or you know it's right. okay if you get in a little bit of trouble. You don't want your teachers telling your kids that. But for a parent to be like, well, you you, you snuck into the theme park with your buddies, like okay, like don't do that again. Be safe. Call me if you're not going to be home on time. But like I yeah. understand you were curious. There, there's a time and place, right? So so right. we're here right. to be your your. Uh, your your other your other voice your more perhaps perhaps in this metaphor parental voice but I think somehow the metaphor has fallen apart at this point um, <clears throat> but but yeah you know we're we're here we're here to say look guys like let's be real about life the game is about winning and we love the game so within certain boundaries I will say this though I don't discredit out the El Salvadorian players one iota you know who I do discredit quite a bit oh boy this motherfucking ref. This guy, this guy is a disaster. This guy's a disaster. At, at some point, it was like, well, this game, the, re, the, the, the ref's consultant on the broadcast was like, this game is going to dictate whether this guy gets to play and gets to ref the World Cup. And uh, I think er, we... Er, not er, going to happen. Er, er, Never er, going to happen. Er, this kid's er. not going to... This dude's not going to ref a Little League game. He's done. 
Rough stuff. He's done. So let me, um, I, I want to take us in a tiny bit of a thought experiment. Which okay, is, that sounds fun. If these actions occurred in football, as they do pretty much every game, uh, when there's a fumble, you know the shit that happens at the bottom of that pile? There's some... Uh, nipple grabbing is 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 would be oh yeah eye poking would be pleasant yeah there's there's some there's some all sorts of foul regions being prodded <laughs> you see where <laughs> the ice point. pack is yeah you see where that ice pack is uh, if when this kind of thing happens in football or when there are literal fist fights on the ice in hockey or when I mean I guess like like last year uh uh. Uh, one of the relievers on the Washington Nationals attacked Bryce Harper, his own teammate, in the dugout. That that did, you know, he got like a like a one game ban or something like that. Um, but like this stuff happens in other American sports, and I don't think the reaction is as uh, immediately condemnatory as it is in soccer. And I think a big part of that is that American soccer is a bubble, and and it's it's seen as this sort of suburban. Uh, dare I say, white activity for, you know, white children's sport. Sure. And sure. so anything like this is immediately, it's, yeah, it's seen it's, as, it's a immediately seen game. as some like cultural, uh, and antipathy. Yeah. I think, whereas in reality, it's just gamesmanship. Like there is gamesmanship in all of our sports all the time. Agreed. I think there is something about American soccer in particular that has a very sort of suburban flavor to it because the game wasn't popular until parents realized that it was safer than football. Um, and yeah, that, and right, that's, right. That, which that might was, not even be true. Which may all, not but. even be true after all. But <laughs> yeah. uh, that, was, that right. was really like how this whole thing got going in this country was like, oh, wow, this is a great option. Everyone can play. We can get 11 people on the field at the same time. You know, it's like, co-ed. It's co-ed. Boys and ages, girls. Yeah. 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 You know, can do it pretty much through middle school. It's like solid right. co-ed it's game. pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do think that's part of the identity here in America. And I also think there's just a general sense of like, I don't know, like being biased against the game itself. Because when the players are too pansy they get made fun of. And when they're of too course, hardcore, yeah. they get made fun or they get condemned. Right, right. So it's they like, get judged, yeah. what the exactly. fuck? Exactly. You know, what are they, exactly. what are these guys supposed to do to, to, but to win your I, hearts? I, I draw a line. I don't know why I draw this line. I think I need to do some more self-exploration, some meditation, some, oh, some don't we all. Ayurvedic don't we all. moments. At I all need times. To have. But, um, <laughs> don't we all? Uh, but I, I remember uh, story time. I have a little short story. Very, very short story. Should we do it? Should we? Are we doing do a story? Yeah. Uh, we got to break it out. Bottling, let's jump into a little story time. Story time. Story time is about the breakdown. Back with another story. Back, back with another story time. Yay! Yay! Have a seat on um, the strange, cushy couch I have over there in the corner. It's a weird shape, but you can all fit and listen to Ty tell a story. Another uh, Gold Cup semifinal. We're about to play a Gold Cup semifinal uh, yet again. This was, I'm doing this off the dome, 2011. Oh, free range. This was, uh, I, I hadn't thought of this before, 2011, uh, Bob Bradley's uh, uh, swan song, <laughs> the, the tournament where we eventually yo, lost yo, to Mexico Ty, in the final. Pardon the interruption for this joke. Yo, Ty hasn't written down a story time in like four or five years. He just, he just, <laughs> just kicks these from his I head. He I'm, just the, I'm the Jay-Z of kicks remembering USMNT games. Um, one of the early Jermaine Jones games, he he got integrated with the team prior to the 2010 World Cup, but he didn't. Um, he wasn't fit. He had an injury, uh, so didn't make it. So this this 2011 Gold Cup was really the U.S. soccer public's introduction to Jermaine Jones, and he was doing really well. And we played a, a semifinal against Jamaica, and uh, he had a, a a breakaway where he took a dive. And it ended up uh, being a red card for for uh, because the defender was the last man, um, and the and and the U.S. eventually won uh, two nothing as a result of that um, you know swing, and there was a, a pretty big reaction in the U.S. soccer community, myself included, to say that might be something that you know European cultures value, but we do not value that. We would rather lose the semifinal than win it through diving. And I absolutely, I feel 100% strongly in that direction, but I also feel rather strongly that it's okay for El Salvador to pinch a nipple here and there. 
So I don't know where. I, so I, it sounds I don't know like, what my moral yeah, compass yeah. is doing, but there's cool cheating and lame cheating. In, in my my right, stance, right. Uh, my stance is as far as the players are concerned, we cannot condemn them for trying to win. The, if we're org, if, uh, it's the referee and the associations that are responsible for corralling and creating a space in which we can enjoy a beautiful game. It is not the responsibility of the players to say, uh, you know, I know that I could dive here and win the, in this tournament in the most important game of my life, but I'm not going to do it because people don't like that. That, that is not right, their job. Right. That is the job right. of the referee to keep this game in check to make sure that stuff like that doesn't happen. It's the job of FIFA to give appropriate bans for stuff that's truly terrible. And and it's so so for instance, it is FIFA's job to say diving is lame. It's way lame. It's hurting the reputation of this game. Nobody likes it. The nipple pinching, it's bad. We're, we can't condone it. We're going to stop it when we catch it. But our, our current regulations are keeping it in check where it needs to be at. The diving, right, it's, it's, right. it's not cool enough and it's way happening too much. We need to do more severe bans, retroactive bans for diving because everybody hates that. Eliminate that part of the game. You know, That's up to FIFA. That's not, And it's up to the MLS and it's up to the Premier League. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not up to the players to do that. That the players every game come out and say, "What's this ref going to give me?" Same way a pitcher right, tests right. the strike zone. You know what I mean? You got to You yes, that's the play, that's, that's yeah. their job. Yeah, like like it's it's not the pitcher's job to you know hold their hand up and say, "Oh, you know that was actually five inches outside." Yeah, dude, and, and like, to be like, yeah. "I've been doing that all game, ref. You, your strike zone is really wide <laughs> yeah, on the right right, right now." <laughs> right, right, right. I, well, I, and I'm I I was thinking through it a little bit just now, and I was thinking maybe it's that I don't think cheating is wrong in the game. <laughs> wow, like, I don't think that rough. behavior is, is Guys, wrong. keep in mind, we this is an open dialogue show. Reach out to us at WTP Pod. We're, we're working it out with you. We're pro-cheating. <laughs> I, I don't... Well, I guess I, I won't... Wrong and right is not a, is not a great uh, dichotomy because that doesn't really capture what I'm trying to say. I, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's unacceptable to cheat in order to try to win, but I don't want to see my team do it. Yes, I would like to have the sense. team that think that is that is uh, exactly I, above I, that I, or something. There's something uh, just wonderful about the U.S. team the, about. Okay, I'll construct this thought. Construct the thought. One and of the I'll greatest. Say a one of the greatest qualities about the U.S. team is that we bleed more. For our shirt than other countries bleed, and I'm talking literally. I'm talking about Jada Merritt playing 80 minutes with a broken nose against Algeria. I'm Absolutely. talking about Clint Dempsey, Brian McBride's broken yeah. nose. Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey ends up with so many freaking cotton balls on him and head wraps and all sorts of shit. Brian McBride against Italy in the World Cup. They, these are these are sort of iconic touchstone moments for U.S. soccer culture and i would rather be the team that is bleeding i granted i don't have to do the bleeding i'm on my couch <laughs> with a beer but uh i would rather i would rather support the team that's doing the bleeding than the team that's causing the bleeding but Indeed. i don't i don't i don't uh i don't pass moral judgment i guess that's maybe the line that i'm drawing is these, right, these people right. are saying this is unex- unacceptable this is not sporting what the fuck? Sporting? Like the, these guys this is the biggest stage biggest opportunity of their lives they're going to yeah. do everything what that they can to sporting? win sporting yeah, sounds like Screw sounds that. like someone who's only ever played games for fun, never for money and international <laughs> fame. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I would well, like to yeah. add to that as well that hmm. um, I want to say that that I'm I'm really proud of Josie, really truly in this game. I am too. Uh, yes, he he managed to keep that little cotton ball from cutting himself while shaving on his face for the entire game. Right. So that was a pre-match injury. That's a major <laughs> that was- win. Because that shit was like... <laughs> Just note, that, that didn't happen on a corner <laughs> no, no, early started, in the first half. No, he, he had that, with that. that Homer Simpson <laughs> shaving tissue on his face the entire match. So, so that's the first reason. The second reason is that he really did not give in. Give in. He, and he didn't suddenly start to play shitty or start crying. He didn't score. But he just kept josying. He just kept doing it. He was clocked. He was on the clock. And he just kept doing his job. Uh, he did not retaliate. He did not get incredibly 
uh, over-emotional. He did not start running back to Michael Bradley and taking the ball off of his feet like he does right, sometimes right. when he gets frustrated. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. not, He didn't do any of the stupid Josie shit. So I'm proud of you, Josie. You, at, you behaved like a grown-ass man. And you made us proud as a USMNT player um, by going out there and taking those, taking those hits, taking those L's and bouncing back. Taking those pinches. Yeah, man. We appreciate you. Um, uh, Omar Galaxy also got bit. I don't know if really? you, I didn't you saw that, that in the broadcast. No, I didn't catch yeah. that. So that that came out uh, post match. There's there's footage from a corner, and he has he he shared the photo of the bite mark on his back, which looks like, like you know when you go to like a tacky like um, beach restaurant and they have that shark jaw that's yeah. just like open. It's like this oval of oh of, my of terrifying teeth. That's Ugh. what it looks like on Omar Gonzalez's back right now. Ugh. So thank you, uh, Omar. Taking one for the team. Well done. And and uh, another story time. We won't do the thing again. Yeah. But another story time <laughs> that I mentioned in the last show was mixed discrude getting bitten by El Salvador that, in yeah. the Olympic so qualifier, part of their which thing I for show. It's part of their thing. It's part of their thing. But um uh so to 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 touch on the game itself for one second more. Oh actually one one more Final thought to wrap this up. Okay, and then um, we'll get into our preview. I do not consider, as, as we've explored and discovered, I do not consider this behavior by El Salvador to be unethical or immoral or whatever, unsporting, whatever. But I do think that the U.S. players could have been a little bit more vocal that this stuff was happening, especially... Uh, Jordan Morris, after he got punched in the stomach. Oh, I forgot on about a that dude. Where he in might have scored. Play. He just Ugh. like he's just like holds his stomach, like trots on back to the halfway line. No big deal. It's like, dude, you gotta like we Tell we need them. to be surrounding the yeah. referee when these things happen, and we need to be like make like this game is not continuing until we get this locked down. That's because right. You have to ensure that the next one is going to be a red card. You yeah. know, it, you, they might not be able to go back five seconds and, and catch the first one, but the next one has to be a red card. And if we had stamped it out earlier, uh, I think there actually, you know, would have been a better chance that we that we got that red. So a little bit of uh, a little bit of suburbanism coming yeah, out man. in the way that that Morris treated himself, getting punched in the fucking stomach during a soccer game. Un- unreal. Um, so to go back to the game itself, I think there was one. There were there were two key moments uh, of soccer. Oh, were there? Was, Did they play soccer? They, they played at least one half. Uh, the first key moment was Lehigh messing up in the third oh, minute. God, that was gross. Uh, which was which was one of the one of the worst errors I've seen in recent USMNT history. An absolute howler. Um, and Zelaya definitely should have punished us for that. And Tim Howard made one of the best, you know, quick recovery uh, saves I've seen in a long time. Um, where he was never at risk of giving a penalty because he didn't use his body, he used his arm. So he would have been able to withdraw his arm and not give up the penalty and, you know, potential red card if the timing wasn't exactly right, but the timing was right and he was able to get to the ball, as opposed to diving with his body where he couldn't avert his trajectory in time if the player chose to try to get him sent off and just, like, dink the ball around him right, and, and right. you know, stumble over. So just brilliant goalkeeping from Tim Howard. And that uh, remedies one of the biggest concerns that we've had about Tim Howard getting older. I remember the, the match in uh, Guatemala, the World Cup qualifier that we lost, um, I think it was 2-1 in the end. Uh, uh, Ruiz scored off of, a, off of a goal kick in a moment where we, we thought, well, a younger Howard would have been more aggressive, would have been more, um, would have been more mentally sharp potentially um and would have gotten to that ball uh and and you know been there in time to to uh to stop the stop the goal and this was kind of a similar situation it ended up like the geometry of it being being rather similar um and we saw on this occasion tim howard coming up big so so it could be that uh you know maybe there were some injuries going on that uh that howard was was still feeling sure uh, rather than just being general age and it gives me a lot more confidence with him going forward yeah um, yeah i'm 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 happy with our keeper pool right now i don't think there's a major i don't think guzan or i still think it's a competition for who's who's playing the best right now and 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 i'll say this about tim howard um I would be I I I I would trust Tim Howard or Guzan to be our number one uh, in a potential Russia situation. I'll say this about Tim Howard though, he is 
my fear with him is the, not the first save, it's the second. It's the second shots. Because I, I, I don't mm. think he's able to get up as fast as, as he uh, thinks sure, he can. Sure. And I saw, there right. was definitely, a, I forget exactly what the circumstance was, but there was a, there was a save and scramble in the second half uh, where he kind of, he, he sort of bumbled the first save. It bounced out towards the, the spot, the yes. penalty kick spot. Mm. And, and that was when I was like, ooh, it is taking him a lot longer than it used to to get yep. up off his yep. knees. So that that's that's my concern with him, but I totally agree with you. Reflexes wise, wisdom wise, he he is one of those players that's going to figure out aging, as opposed to right, someone right. like Jermaine Jones, who just is just going to age until he, you know, is just going to do Jermaine Jones until he crumbles. Like Tim Howard is is it looks like he's he's he can figure it out. He can he can be awesome and work around the age thing. Yeah, another another thing I really liked about that play was that his reaction was to get up and give a big thumbs up and confident look to Lehigh. So a good keeper knows the difference between a stupid, like a, a mental error and a, uh, a blunder, right? Sure. And this was a blunder. You don't need to tell Lehigh that he messed up. You don't need to tell him what he needs to do next time. He knows exactly what he needs to do next time. The, the biggest risk is getting into his head and making, creating a situation where he is sort of mentally compromised for the rest of the game. And you saw after that moment, he had, he had one particular pass that was that was quite wayward and it looked like he, the track it looked the like he was going to be falling off game. the tracks a little bit but he recovered leading to the second he key did. moment of the game which was this fabulous goal it was from, a very nice from goal. the most unlikely of sources it was a very nice goal how lehigh ended up from going from right back to scoring on the left goal post <laughs> at the other side of the field right 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 yeah um i don't remember the exact build-up but it, this is kind of a a a uh, common scenario with a fullback where the you know once or twice a game they'll end up in a spot where they feel uh you know safer progressing forward that the the team shape is is such that the right midfielder can cover for them if there's a counter or whatnot and in those situations those are really effective um sort of sort of total football swaps to to make because the back four is going to be used to you know Josie Clint um, you know, who, whoever is, is playing up top and they're going to be tracking and monitoring and paying attention to those players and kind of know their tendencies and things like that. But when you pop up all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, especially if the, when the, when the situation is safe behind you and you feel like you can take that play off defensively, um, that can be, that can be a big edge. And, and I think you, you saw a little bit of uh, surprise, uh, in the way that El Salvador reacted to, to his position, like, wait, who is this? Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, Dempsey Dempsey reacted quickly enough um, to 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 understand the situation because you know conversely the attacking players on our team are not going to necessarily expect an extra man up there either sure. so it takes someone with uh, with intelligence like like Dempsey to to find the right ball in the right the right spot um, and then the finish was just fantastic I think it was a first time first time finish right I don't think he took a touch it was just the uh, run and the shot and no he took a touch. He took a oh, touch, okay, but it was good. a nice so then touch. It was, then it was a really good touch. No, it was a nice touch. And it, and that's that yeah. opportunity. I mean, how many times have you seen someone like uh, Nips sky that shit? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. To, oh to, my God. For Lehigh to come in one opportunity in 90 minutes, and more than that, in 100 games, you know what I mean? Like, the dude is yeah, not, right. and then for him to slot yeah. it away, maybe because he's yeah. not thinking too deeply about it, maybe that's why. Uh, funny thing about this. Maybe so. I mean, yeah, to be honest, like, the, the, um, We've talked a lot during this tournament about the myth that being the better team means creating more chances and having more action in front of goal, and that the term being a better team, or that that judgment, has to involve finishing, because finishing is a part of being better. (laughs) So you can be the better team if you carve out much fewer chances, but you finish the chances that you get, Um, and so this this moment kind of reinforces to me why the U.S. wasn't playing well in those moments against some of those smaller teams in the in the knockout round, where you know Kellen Rowe was getting two or three really good chances to shoot, or Giassi Zardes was getting two or three really good chances to shoot, but they're trying not uh, to miss, Zardes. and so they're hitting it weakly, Zardes and they're hitting it at even... the goalkeeper. Or in the case of Paul Ariola, they're hitting it too hard and trying to you know trying yeah. to uh, uh, energetically to to get on the highlight reel. And they they sky it. So yeah. um, I think yeah, the, the that sort of instinctive 
uh, finishing. I've, I've never, ever seen that from Lehigh. Uh, never would have predicted it, it, <laughs> yeah. it coming, but he took the, the chance really well. Yeah, we're, um, we're, And I, 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 I was not down on the celebration. I like the celebration, personally. No, no, I, I just thought it was funny. I have nothing against the celebration. I just yeah, wanted to point right, out right. that he... They kind of made fun of him on TV. Oh, did they? I didn't catch that. Yeah. But, it, yeah. you know, whatever, guys. Whatever broadcast, Floppy guys. Fish. Why you got to hate? So he flops down and there's like, it's a flop down with the intention of having the whole team like dogpile and celebrate. Right, and it's just the team does Moro. not respond. <laughs> Moro goes down there just to let him know like, hey, you know, everyone else is up here partying. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Anyways. Too, too, yeah, too lazy to get down there. So so in a oh, funny way, what Lehigh, a what a game. In a funny way, Lehigh sort of steals the show in this game in this game and is really part of some of the most crucial moments. A couple yeah, exactly. uh, a couple yeah. final notes here before we go into uh-huh. Costa Rica, maybe is that I'd like to mention is uh Ariola had a nice game. We had written him off. We had we had suggested that maybe he should go home for the elimination rounds. I think he he had a nice game. He and he's Playing a little bit better each game, so I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm reinterested in Ariola after this game. I think he's he's uh, discovering a role. Um, I think maybe part of the problem in the group stage was that he like like I was just mentioning maybe trying a little bit too hard. Yeah. Um, maybe trying to trying to be everywhere and do everything, but I think his his uh, crossing from the right has really gotten good. There were several moments in this game where he went one on one with a guy and beat him. Um, which I, I love to see because it's such a rare trait in the U.S. player pool. Um, there was a there was a breakaway where he ended up in perfect position to to uh, whip a ball in, but the ball into him was too short. I think it was from Nagby, one of Nagby's rare errors. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I thought I thought a strong performance, and um, yeah, it might just be a matter of of sort of drilling into that that one position, and that's why uh, I was especially happy to see the way that the U.S. lined up, because when I first saw the personnel, I assumed that we couldn't play two in the middle because we didn't have another central, mid, you know, nominally another central midfielder to play with Michael. So I was, I was thinking, well, we had this great thing going in the, in the group stage where we were sw- switching personnel, but the shape was remaining pretty uh, similar. Um, and I really liked that, and I thought it, it, it was really important for the team to, to stay, you know, even relatively cohesive. Um, and I was afraid we were going to lose that. But... What happened was Nagby came in and played the Alejandro Bedoya role from the last game, but like a thousand times better. Holy crap, this guy. Reach out to us on Twitter at WTPPod. If you're enjoying the show, if you're new to the show, if you've been with us for a while, uh, shoot us a review. We enjoy five-star reviews here, so please give us a five-star review. But uh, shoot us a review. It's a wonderful way to help us out. Attention, Attention please. please. Shoot us a review. We might read your review on the show, and by we, I mean Bruce Arena himself, coach of the U.S. men's national team. Ninja I don't know turtles. if I agree about the whole Nagby thing. I'm not sure. Ooh. I'm not 100% sure on Nagby right now, being in the center. Clayton. I was really, I was really, I felt a lot more comfortable when Acosta came in and we had Nagby on the wing with, with uh, Morris on the other side. I would have been fine in this hypothetical with it being Areola, but I prefer Bradley Acosta with Nagby on the wing. Um, if Acosta wow. can I pull thought, it together. I thought, I thought Nags was like a 9 out of 10. I thought he was just fantastic. And, and, but it, I, I do agree in principle that maybe he'd be better off out on the wing. I just thought the performance, like I, I was, I was marveling at how flexible he is. Cause I feel like he can play he is. pretty much any position aside from the back four. I mean, he, I'm sure he'd be a fine right back or left back. So there's the, <laughs> that's only three positions left. Now he's like, like so... he's, he's a Swiss army knife he's of a... great touches and just like possession keeping and not passing out of bounds ishness. Right. And really? he's, and he's, he's so fucking delicate. Like, it's so like delicate. he just like like that slide tackle that he got. I think he got a his a yellow card in this game, which is crazy. He got a yellow, yeah, exactly. And the, you watch this, the replay, and it's like a impeccable perfect slide tackle. It's like a fucking <laughs> it's textbook. Like, yeah, like yeah, textbook. Like film it, show it to kids. Like <laughs> this is how this you do ref, this oh correctly. This ref yeah. was total so, garbage. So, so yeah, all right, he, I mean, agreed. Like I, I'm not saying he played poorly because I don't think he did. Yeah. he played really. He did that well, but I don't. I think he can change 
he changes the momentum of the game every time he touches the ball on the wing. It feels that all of a sudden we get a Nagby gift. In the middle, I think what he his ceiling is equal to someone like Alejandro Bedoya, I think. Um, or 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 Calvin Acosta, but but maybe I would, maybe you're I would seeing say it similar to Dax. His I thought his work in the middle reminded me a lot of Dax, where with with the not passing out of bounds ishness, um, but with more mobility, more more um, ability to to make a difference in the in the final third. Um, I was just really impressed by his versatility. This is and, so um, interesting. We might need some. It's the tape. kind of thing that I. We might need to What's check. That? We might need to check out some tape on this because I kept I kept okay, feeling good, like good. I kept feeling like he was get some optostats. I kept feeling like he was he was forcing a couple passes here and there. Like he has a thread the needle mentality, whereas Dax has more of a a more of a sort of like a play into space mentality. Intriguing, intriguing. So I think yeah, definitely, definitely Dax is is more conservative in his movement. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. But I just I, I feel like he yeah, it, it might be a place for some optostats. I gotta say yeah, but, yeah, but, we'll break uh, him out. We'll break him out. I don't want him to do this all the time, but I think if um if that's part of our plan B or plan C I'm okay going into that. a World Cup, I can be I can be okay with that. I can that. be okay with that as well. Um, and and I, you the know, number the thing I know I want. As a result of watching this tournament, as a result of the way our personnel is and the way modern soccer works, is two central defensive midfielders. Two, two players who are playing and occupying that zone, regardless of what actual role they're playing. So, moving forward, folks. The game, the next game the U.S. is going to play, because we won, which was dope, we advanced to the semifinal. Uh, it's going to be USA versus Costa Rica. Uh... Shoot, I didn't write down the day. I've got the time. What day is I got it. it? Is it I got Saturday? it. I got you. Game is Saturday, Saturday July 22nd. 10 p.m. on the at East AT&T Coast. At AT&T Stadium, 10 p.m. 7 on the West Coast. And uh, it is in AT&T Stadium, the house that Jerry built, home of the greatest number nine in America, Tony Romo, until recently. Go Cowboys. <laughs> hey, Ty, I got a question for you. Shoot. Who are these people? Who are these people? This, folks, is the portion of the show in which uh, Ty educates me on teams from around the world. I don't know why the English accent. It felt right at the time. Uh, this is the section of the show in which Ty educates me about things I do not already know. Ty, who are these people? Who are our foes? Costa Rica have become... One of the principal rivals of the U.S. in in recent years, and the precipitating factor um, that caused that to to occur uh, was the snow game, uh, which was which is a story, another story that we are we already played the thing, so we'll just roll with it. <laughs> um, the snow game was a was a World Cup qualifier uh, that early in the in the Jurgen Klinsmann tenure in the in the lead up to um, to the Brazil World Cup. Uh, that was played in Denver in I think it was March maybe maybe early April, um, and it it was totally unplayable conditions not soccer conditions, um, and so they they kind of started the game and then by like the thirtieth or fortieth minute it was pretty clear that like this should be called off, but somehow the ref kept deciding to keep going and keep going and keep going, um, and the te- the the U.S. team reacted with a little bit more um, uh, opportunistic attitude and less of a complainy attitude and eventually got a goal through through Dempsey uh, and won the game. And Costa Rica uh, played the rest of the match under protest, you know, whatever official complaints they, they can lodge, um, and, and got some very, very bad blood against the U.S. Uh, as a result of that match. And so the matches that we've played since then have been, have been hot-blooded, fiery affairs, including... Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's last game in charge, which was the 4-0 Ooh. loss, the most recent time he played them. So uh, Costa Rica, they are going to go hard. They're, they're probably not going to bite us because they're actually really, really good at soccer. Right. Uh, they're probably going to just try to be, win conventionally. Um, uh, what's going to hold them back potentially from doing that is that they have elected to let some of their bigger names go home. So they, they kind of did the reverse of the U.S., where the group stage had the 
uh, uh, some of the bigger name players, including Joel Campbell, um, who who I think is maybe one of their top two players, along with Brian Ruiz, who's my Costa Rican Pookie baby. Um, and so so they they had the big name players for the group stage and then let them get back to their uh, club teams to prepare for the for the <clears throat> European season, which is interesting. Um, methodology it just goes to show that you know this really is a B team uh, Gold Cup going in. It was because of the way Costa Rica's roster was uh, constructed. There was some notion that maybe they should be considered favorites because they had actually brought more of an A team than than the other big countries. So, but then they um, reversed that. The the team that yeah they reversed it. So the team that we're going to face is mainly uh, domestic and MLS uh, based. With they have one guy who plays in uh, in Thailand who who's a recent addition. Um, and a couple other, you know, obscure places like that. Um, but the big star and the the focal point of the attack is Brian Ruiz, who is uh, my Costa Rican pookie baby. He is a brilliant attacking player who can play in a number of positions um, and is always dangerous. Great touch, great aggressiveness, tall, good shooter, uh, can serve a ball. Um, I'm I'm very very jealous of Brian Ruiz, and I wish he was on our team. Uh, look out for him because they they've sent they've sent away the other big difference makers meaning he's really the only um the only sort of highlight reel guy they have left and they've right. been putting together really good team performances really good uh attacking movement um solid set pieces they they always give us trouble uh and and I don't expect this to be any different i think um you know the 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 most recent uh Counterexample to what I'm expecting would be the 4-0 win that we got against them in Copa America, which was, I, I suppose, a similar um, circumstance. Which Ty being, and I attended home. in person. Uh, no, actually. So the, the game we attended in person was a friendly. Oh. After the crunkety. After the that crunkety. They, that, that the U.S. lost one nothing. One of the, I, I think that snapped a, a, no, a very, I, very long. I went to the 4-0 game alone. Did you really? What was the game I went to alone? I think it was in, like, Houston. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. We well, definitely went to that 1-0 friendly. I remember that. Yeah, Joel Campbell exactly. scored. Exactly. He was really good. Yedlin was really <clears throat> shitty. I remember. Yes. Ever, everyone was awful. Everyone was so so pissed about the crunkety. So um, we booed Jurgen. Nobody else booed Jurgen. We've been on that train. <laughs> yeah, we booed that We've motherfucker for so We've been on that train. Long. So it sounds um, like, from what you're describing, that we have exited the portion of the tournament in which we can make stupid mistakes and be and and plan on getting better at a later game. This is the part that if, is exactly what I'm saying. If we play, this is, this is now. If we yeah. play the way we did against Martinique or against El Salvador versus this Costa Rican team or Panama. Or any Panama, of the performances of that, that we put in so far, we're, are, we're going home. End yes. of tournament. Yes, exactly. So now, now is where things really, really uh, get tough. Um, even against a, a Costa Rican B team, I think because they have that, uh, let's see, big nation mentality. They are really good tactically. Uh, Costa Rica, since since uh, the last World Cup cycle, has adopted this five at the back. Uh, approach which they kind of slip in and out of so so this tournament they've kind of nominally lined up with a five and a four um but i would expect them to probably start with the five uh and and maybe transition throughout the match like start off a little bit more defensive try to get into the second half with a low low score and and uh counter counter well um but they are they are really intelligent tactically the the players all have uh clear roles that they understand you know something we're getting used to in the bruce era um, and so, yeah, the, the, these, these little mistakes, like the, the way that El Salvador let us off the hook with that Lehigh, uh, chance, and then Zelaya had another great chance that he also spurned. So I, I, I expect Costa Rica's finishing to be significantly better. Um, and you know, Hedges and Gonzalez, I really have my doubts, uh, whether they can, yeah, geez, they can get the job dude. done. I don't know if there's anything that we can realistically do about that with the, with the group of players that we have, but, uh, it might just be a, a, you know, uh, last chance to go to the World Cup kind of situation sure. for, for Hedges at the very least. Sure. I think Beasler too, is making a case for himself. Because he's yeah, been there. Yeah, I guess you could Once see again, uh, he's Beasler been there. and totally Miazga. wet the bed. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or, yeah. I Miazga's don't, I, the I just sleeper, don't feel like... though. Miazga's the sleeper hit because... He is the sleeper, he could yeah. Swing. He, could, he could swing so many different ways over the next year and, and a few months, you know? 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and um, the only chance we've gotten to see him uh, in this tournament has been very positive. So, yeah, one one wonders, especially because the. I mean, it's a relatively quick turnaround. I think it's um it's it's a total of seven days between the the last game and a potential final. So, fitting in you know a game a game in the middle of a week of uh, you know what 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 players might be accustomed to um, can be challenging. So. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see significant changes, especially because the performance in the back was just so rough, so bad. Um, but the yeah, the personnel does leave us a little bit lacking in terms of options. So maybe in lieu of doing an entire starting lineup, uh, maybe how about hmm. we just give a, a back four here, a back okay, four for perfect. the people, a speculative back four of and and I I always like to clarify this. You can either do what you think the manager will do, or you can do what right. you would do. I would like right, to hear right. Ty what you would do. <sighs> okay, well, uh, Eric Lehigh is testing my faith. Uh, I'm I, I, I'm not going to count the goal in his favor. I'm going to just look at the defensive performance, which was shaky for sure. Uh, but he is a player who is. Typically very solid. I thought the the errors were were uh, uncharacteristic of him. Right. Um, and I think the, the the Lehigh we saw in the group stage is more uh, more typical than what we saw the other night. So I would go with Lehigh. Um, and then I I think I would probably roll the dice on on Miazga, personally. Um, and I would I think I would I think I would go with Hedges again, because I think that Hedges. Uh, it it would be kind of a a um, clearer role situation, and I yeah. think Hedges is a little bit more talented than Omar, um, and and Omar has just had so many bad moments in this tournament. Um, though to be fair, he has been a threat from set pieces. So one one of those two, I would not put those two out there again. I think we've seen enough that yeah, there's the some Hedges dynamic Gonzalez there that's not pair working. Is not working. Yeah. switch it yeah. up, and then left yeah. Viafania or Moro. Uh, Viafania for sure. Yeah, Mor- Moro can Moro can Moro you know, can take a hike. Bring up the rear. I he like can, that yeah, he's he got can... some. He's got a little speed and aggressiveness, but at the end of the day, Viafania's got a decent are, cross on him. Viafania yeah, is way more solid. Yeah, um, that, that's that's where I would go. But I, I if if any of those guys is is uh, in contention for a World Cup starting spot. I will be. Uh, oh, I guess aside from Viafania, but the other three, I'd be. I'd be disappointed if they're anywhere close to the uh, depth chart oh, absolutely. for the World Cup. I'd, yeah. I, we'd be remiss to uh, depart from this game without mentioning that Bradley had incredible free kicks every time. So I don't good. think he had. So he had no stinkers. He. You don't see him try for Olympicos like he used to every corner kick. Right. Um, yeah. And exactly. and we got a we got a uh, a goal from from one of those free kicks. So welcome back, Indeed. Bradley. Well, it, that was a fantastic service. It, it was great um, service, and and he was he was feeding those all game from the yeah, seventh it was, minute it was to just the eighty first. Yeah. He was yeah, just feeding yeah. gems. Um, and yeah, that's going to give his, us a chance against against yep. you know smaller, less physical teams. That's going to give us a chance. I don't want to be a free uh, set piece team anymore, but um, but nonetheless, proud of you, Bradley, for holding it in, Good holding balls. it down. Good, Great balls. Sweet balls, Bradley. I love myself some cotton candy flavored anything. I, it, it, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about cotton candy. I'm talking about cotton candy flavored ice cream. I'm talking about toothpaste. cotton candy flavored tapioca, cotton candy flavored toothpaste. Exactly. Those are the things I love. I really am into nut mixes uh, that have chocolate, <laughs> as well as I'm not talking about Bradley's balls. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, yeah, you're not nut, talking, I'm talking about, about nut mixes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because it's got the raisins and the chocolates, and <laughs> He's, he he puts his balls into the mixer. <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah, see what happens if you put it into You're the, looking for you just you just throw it into nuts. the meat grinder and see what comes out. <laughs> it's like the the cliche metaphor is getting more and more disgusting <laughs> over time. And I really love watercolors, but I don't love any of that shit as much as I love the nets. Let's go, boys. Let's go, boys. It gets real. It gets fucking real this right is real. now. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Next pod.
pod might have... 14 tournament. Dude, the next pod is either going to be a, a preview review or it's going to be a game a tournament recap. That might Sadness happen. recap. <laughs> Protect your nips, guys. <laughs> get a little... Uh, get some, get some like, uh, tinfoil or something. Pop it right on those babies. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Like a, yeah, that's you right. Gotta, what you skin, have to do is take those... take two quarters <laughs> and some packing tape. <laughs> oh man, they you, have, you see where I'm going. They have the, you see where uh, I'm going. They have like skin colored nipple covers for ladies who, yeah. who need it for particular outfits. Use one of those. Right, right, right. Beneath exactly. the exactly. beneath your nipple cover, you need to choose something hard and circular. Okay, so buttons, quarters. Mm. Something like that. Discs. Discs. Discs of all Discs types. of any kind. <laughs> it's hilarious. Those those kaleidoscope discs that you put in that machine. Pogs. <laughs> pogs. <laughs> okay, Josie. Josie! I can't fuck. Get Yo, the pogs out. Elsa, Romero's on the sidelines like, I can't fuck with this guy. He's it's, got pogs over working. his nipples. Coach! There's coach. nothing I can do, coach. <laughs> Our our uh, our follower shout out to our follower Curtis Flowers. Curtis Flowers for sending what's up? the most epic GIF, not GIF meme, ever, which was uh, a picture of the El Salvador coach saying, "Pinch in on Ariola," and then a picture of Romero <laughs> saying, "Got it, coach. Pinch him on the Ariola." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is so good, dude. <laughs> what's his name? What's this guy's name? Our, Curtis our, Flowers. What's this it? should be the post-show yeah. audio. Yeah, for sure. Shouts to Curtis Shouts Flowers. Shouts to Curtis fucking Flowers, brah. You're the man. <laughs>